Welcome back to uh, another episode of Answers to the Universe, and this week it's a pretty exciting guest, right? We're going on the theme of AI artists, which is one of the funnest and most exciting rabbit holes you can kind of get in on the internet. There's just so many, so many levels, and it's one space out of all of like the emerging techs that I've been in, where it accelerates faster than anything you can imagine. And so, with me today is. A guy I'm really excited to talk to. He was introduced to me from Everett World, uh, the podcast that was on last week, or maybe it was a week before. We'll see when this stuff rolls out. But that was a really fun conversation. So I'm excited to, you know, get this rolling again. This is Nicholas Newbert. How are you doing, brother? Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Good. Super excited Good. to be here. Sweet. So I, one thing I do want to talk about, and this is off that. This is this is your pinned tweet, and this is one thing that um you know caught me by surprise was so for the listeners um i'll give you a little bit of context so nicholas works as a a product designer but he shares some really really insightful prompts tips on twitter um and made a a trailer for a movie the movie doesn't exist i'm assuming right it's just a fun trailer not yet not yet it doesn't exist (laughs) yet so he, he made this trailer completely in ai and AI video is tricky. It's really difficult for things not to look all wonky. And it was probably one of the best trailers I've seen. And not only was it good, it came out like, what, five months ago? Uh, no, the trailer was the July, August. August. July, so that's three months ago. Yeah, There's no way to know. There's no way to know. But anyways, so that, that, that was actually like, all things considered, like pretty early on um, like AI video. Um, what what was the idea behind that, and what was the workflow? I'm very conf- very curious about the workflow on that. <laughs> so first of all, to nail it, it was 26th of July. Just check 26th analytics. of July. Yes. There we go. Perfect. Just check Perfect. My analytics. Um, well, I guess there are two parts to that question. What was the thought behind it? Um, I mean, I have a platform on X, um, and while of course I try to be as authentic and or organic as I can, I of course think about how to also optimize traffic, right? So um, earlier that week, uh, July, Runway just launched their image to video model. And I mean, the thought process in that sense was, okay, you know, let, let, let's use that hype, right? New tech, new feature, let's do something. Uh, the, the, the goal was not to... <laughs> create the uh, the trailer that breaks the internet, so to say, because, I mean, the whole thing took one night, right? I mean, uh, really? I had the idea. Well, I had the idea, like, at sure. PM or something. Um, I quickly chose the soundtrack at, like, 10 p.m., and then I worked through the night and posted it the next day, right? It was really meant as a tech demo. Um, <laughs> but, I mean... I guess, I mean, I've been in the creative industry professionally now for almost a decade. That means uh, certain creative processes are kind of embedded, right, in everything you do. That means uh, even though it was a tech demo, I would say I did have some sort of a creation process, which made sure that all of the boxes were ticked, right? So Mm -hmm. I started with the music, then built on the music, created my mood board in mid-journey, went to runway, animated everything, title cards, and posted it at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, this, this, the, the reception was uh, 
beyond my wildest expectations. Uh, <laughs> it blew up a bit, and it's—I uh, mean, to be quite frank—it opened a ton of doors. Uh, really? And, uh, it opened a lot of doors. It, because it, I, I, hmm? Like, it, like in terms of uh, like in, in what vertical? Is it just like AI art stuff, or every vertical? So, really? um, wow. I already had a handful of smaller AI projects, like in the first two quarters of the year, you know, like your typical, hey, we're doing a website, we need some visuals, can you animate something, right? Um, But it was all very much confined to, at the time, Twitter, right? We had the Twitter bubble. And this piece broke that bubble. And um, ever since, over LinkedIn, uh, like daily, I'm getting written by big and small for collaborations or work, so. It really was a tipping point in that sense that since I posted that trailer, I've been working with flags every day, right? So um, what like was a hobby or an evening activity is now still a hobby and evening activity, but yeah. as a second job. <laughs> yeah. So what's crazy to me is that like prompting is becoming a, a real world job. Like I'm just imagining like, even maybe a, a year ago, like, or maybe maybe a little more, maybe like a year and a half ago, if you like went up to somebody, a business professional in the creative industry, and you told them, like, uh, you know, hey, you know, I have these skills that I just type this word, uh, my words, my my special words into this little text box right here, and it and it generates an image for me. But really, all the work is just, you know, covered in less than a paragraph. You know, like, uh, can you pay me to do that? And they'll like. That I can't even imagine, like how that would come across. It kind of took us time to evolve, but now it's almost becoming the norm. It, it's so insane, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think quality, like the quality of the outputs, is kind of what shifted that conversation. Um, personally, I also think the skill of prompting is limited uh, to mm-hmm. a certain time frame. Like I like to compare it to back then when Google launched. For one or two years, there were specialists that taught you how to search for something. Were and there? Yeah, like there were people that kind oh, of wow. taught you how to, you know, okay, you have a search and what do you do with wow. it? You know? So there were specialists for that for a very short amount of time. And I kind of see prompting very similar because, I mean, okay. there's obviously a rush. And for all of the people that are working with computers, more and more of their tools are getting AI built in which yeah. means prompting should potentially become more natural, right? And mm-hmm. once it becomes natural, there's not really that prompting skill as such, but it goes kind of back into the a skill set that is familiar again, right? For content writers, yeah. okay, you need to know what good content is, right? And how sure. to build a story. And for creatives with art, you need to know what how to tell a story through visual art, right? So, um Store right now, prompting is a, a skill, but I think <laughs> very soon it's going to be generalized quite a ton. That that's true. So I, I have I have two thoughts on this. One, I think as the models are getting better, and it's like you know you're just seeing it, like it's you're seeing it in real time, like using you know Mid Journey two months ago versus a month ago versus now, that it's just getting better, and so it's almost like hard to make a bad image. 
like you have to really try to like generate something that's bad on mid journey. Now, you know, maybe some of the non-optimized, you know, models like maybe on stable diffusion, some, some smaller apps, you can make some, some mess, but um, the models are making it easy just to really just, you can f- like f- fudge up a prompt and still get what you want. It, it's, it's interesting. Um, that, that is very true, but it's very easy to, I mean, you need to differentiate between the goal of generating uh-huh. a good image and, for example, something simple like, uh, okay, you have a client who needs 10 consistent images for the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and people will very realize, very quickly realize, like, oh, wait, this is, this is something else suddenly. Because, like you said, it's very easy to get one good image, but mm-hmm. it's very hard to get consistency across the board, uh, especially if you are working with clients who expect everything to be on brand and on point yeah and that's true. Uh, you'll need to you know you, you go back to storytelling you need to understand how to make consistency and cohesive images right like the image models they don't do that for you like they just give you images they don't make the mm-hmm. story for you they don't make the narrative so um of course i mean I'm a lot in the cinematic space, right? So I think a lot in stories, there are certainly niches where it's more mm-hmm. or less emphasized. Um, but, yeah. I, I was, I was going to say, um, I definitely kind of agree in like the, the storytelling space. I, uh, like, I use AI a lot, um, specifically because you know, I, I make a lot of like short one-minute explainer vids for my company. That are supposed to like you know hit Twitter you know get a certain number of eyeballs and really stop people to scroll. And ever since like AI is kind of introduced, it's made my work. I've like saved like two days of not having to do motion graphics just because if I can like okay, so what's the theme of this video? And then I have kind of like our brand prompt of like the thing that's consistent throughout all our videos. And then I'll maybe have like another third of it which is specific to this video. You know, like there's an app called the Arena that's going crazy right now and so i just kind of like made a good like kind of roman themed uh like like middle of the prompt and the first part was just just kind of like whatever whatever it needed to be so i i i definitely agree like there there are consistency is difficult it 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 really is and you you kind of have to cycle through a bunch of different stuff for sure yeah absolutely now i'm also curious about so I feel like for the past like six months, um, like mid journey was kind of the name of the game. And then you'll like super deep in um, like almost the AI world, you'd see people with control net and who would be training their own models, you know, with all the Lauras and, you know, like, like, like all the different plugins and automatic 11. Um, But now we're starting to see some competition roll up. Um, Dolly three was released somewhat recently. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the big old discussion uh, right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, for my answer to make sense, I need to re-emphasize that I work with clients and I kind of have a very high personal expectancy for consistency and quality. Um, that means from that aspect alone, Midjourney is still pretty much untouched right Um, Mm -hmm. because if we're talking about pure visual quality like dali made great improvements um 
but not on the visual fidelity and quality that Midjourney has. On top, also a lot of client work that gets done in this industry. It doesn't end with the Midjourney image. Maybe you have a whole stable diffusion upscaling process behind that, right? So it's mm -hmm. hard out of that perspective to say like, oh, okay, there's going to be one tool Dali that rolls up and uh, Midjourney is dethroned. That said, I mean, Dali certainly has shown some clear strengths, right? I mean, uh, I talked just recently in a chat somewhere, I was like, it's almost like they did a checklist of all of the things Midjourney didn't do, and they kind of put a whole marketing effort on that, right? So, I mean, mm -hmm. it's very good with text. Um, it's very good with uh, contextualizing the prompt and interpreting the prompt. Um, and I think, in general, like, between all of the hype, and the noise of you know people defending one or the other i think what we're ultimately seeing right now is that the tools are finding their intended target group right mm -hmm. and i mean midjourney has uh, enjoyed a very long time of simply being the only viable option if you really wanted to take it seriously um but at the same time i think just the way i uh, perceive mid-journey, it doesn't want to be the tool for the 80%, it wants to be the tool for the 10 or 20% of the, you know, the professional creators that kind mm. of want to get the most out of it, which Dali isn't trying to be, because I think Dali, like ChatGPT, wants to be the tool for the masses. And mm. um, I think for a lot of people, that's why right now it's very appealing, because um, with their prompts, they get exactly what they want. Um, a lot of People are really enjoying these simple stuff like making a comment or a comic or a, what blew up on Twitter two days ago was uh, somebody created like uh, black and white images for children to draw out with their crayons, right? Like simple stuff, which is overkill for Midjourney. And Midjourney will try <laughs> to make you a Picasso out of that, right? But Dali nails that, which makes noise and is great for most people, right? Um, but personally, you know, alone the tool infrastructure like i mean if i'm looking at the project i'm currently working on it's uh, eight to ten thousand mid-journey generations all of those get pumped into runway um and everything needs to be consistent right and that's right now only possible in mid-journey if you really want to kind of maximize on that right did you just say eight to ten thousand images yeah that's it that's an insane number well, that's the number of generated images right i mean not every single image gets sure. used of but, course yeah um, like the i mean wow. i always keep track of how many generations i do because i like sharing stats at the end of the yeah, products that yeah. i post like with genesis i did it as well right and um, i mean there you also see the difference genesis was the personal project you're the feedback loop right and if you're yeah, yeah okay this is fine you post it with clients, it's a different story, right? And then, mm -hmm. yeah, you very quickly rack up a lot of generations. But um, <laughs> from those point of views, I mean, I'm sure Dali will catch up. Um, Midjourney will also, uh, I'm sure, catch uh, like catch up on the things that Dali is good at now. For sure. Um, but overall, I mean, it's For great sure. to see competition. Uh, competition is what this industry needs. Um, so Absolutely. I'm totally here for it. I'm just not buying into the Dali hype. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> that, 
that's fair. And, and another like um, like advantage Mid Journey has over pretty much everybody else is it's the most finely tuned model, and it's not even close because each generation that you make, right, it creates four images, and obviously when you when you click the one that you want to make bigger, you just send that feedback loop back to the Mid Journey model saying, okay, let's make a tiny tweak to generate more stuff like this because he liked it. So, and Mid Journey is obviously being the most popular uh, image generation tool it has almost like an amount of data that you can't compete with like with that model um which is which is a, a huge game changer too um, data is like a big game changer um but i i think on that level we will reach a point very soon where the models are good i think uh, mm-hmm. there are just some like what what a bigger like where i was like well, I understand why they did it, but it's a instant um, drawback for client work. As in Dali, I believe you can't replicate faces of celebrities. So um, as somebody, if, if I'm collaborating with an actor or an artist and they explicitly want me to use their face, as a professional, it's off the board, right? So. Yeah. Um, this is why, you know, those are the small points where I'm like, okay, yeah. what's, what I believe is happening right now is just the tools are finding their target groups and also the users are finding their tools, right? Because right now it was always mid-journey GPT. Um, now we have on the video side, we have uh, Runway and Pika. On the picture side, we have Dale, Stable Diffusion and mid-journey. And then we have new players like Genmo AI that try to do everything, right? So... Um, I'm certain we'll see a lot of players enter still. Um, how how much of your client work is video? Right now, ninety percent. Really, because that is something that like most people really struggle with. And you know, if you want to make video on stable diffusion, you're uh, it's it's just like brutally difficult. Um, like like you have animate diff, which can sort of do anime stuff, yeah. but for the most part, it's hard. But what? Is Runway pretty much the go-to in, in that? Because does Pika still have the watermark? Well, um, they're, I mean, I think the important with the video clients is it's important to understand these are not brands that are trying to do a video, but these are brands and artists that explicitly want the AI look, right? That's what they're buying. They're not uh, okay. buying a product because it's cheaper or faster. Honestly, Interesting. the price rates are almost like if you're in a normal project. Yeah. Um, they are buying the AI look to be to make a splash, right? To make an impact, mm. uh, to be on the forefront of this technology. Um, so, with that said, you know it's 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 a creative project. It's an art project, much more than a classic deliverable in form of a video. Sure. Peak and Runway, they both have their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, what Pika does very well is keeping the sharpness of an image um, mm-hmm. at the cost of movement, and Runway has more movement at the cost of image sharpness, right? So, gotcha. um, in a nutshell, that's the big difference. Um, yeah. So, I'm so- most- yeah. Oh, sorry. Continue, continue your thought. No, all good. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I, I was going to say, kind of zooming out a bit, because um, I imagine there's maybe like 
I don't know, maybe like a half a second of lag because we're Germany, but so maybe not. But anyways, I'm very curious about this next one. So you professionally, not professionally, but you get, yeah, professionally, that's the right word, um, get paid to make AI video for clients that love AI video. But there is a huge discussion from, you know, traditional creatives, I'll just say web two creatives, you know, um, who are terrified by this, just straight up, just terrified by the fact that, you know, you can, you know, people can create these things and, and they feel very threatened. Have you thought of almost like a, a counterpoint to that um, for you? Or do you even give that mind? Well, of, of course, um, like I have a couple of senses. I mean, in general, I'm definitely I will invite us to do more rather than yeah. take a thought. Right? Um, if I'm thinking in my career as a product person, as a product designer, I believe that we will simply create 10 times more instead of mm -hmm. that a company says, okay, we're going to staff down uh, by a margin. Um, what I fundamentally do believe will happen is, I mean, the average quality of a creative asset will rise dramatically, right? Because mm -hmm. the average person will be able to get a gorgeous image, um, without having to hire a creative consultant or getting a photographer. And that said, I think creative talent, which is using these tools to exponentially scale their work, will always achieve better outputs, right? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, unless you blindly trust the AI, uh, you're, you're still doing a selection. Mm -hmm. you're, you're selecting those images. You're uh, approving that story. And... Um, you will see differences there depending on what people's mm -hmm. background is. Um, but I also think human-generated stuff will become the gold of the future. Mm. I, like, it yep. will scale yep. down. I think there will yep. be less creatives in the field because the average designer or the average photographer might not cut it for most brands, right? So you need to bring more to the table. But those who do bring that talent, bring that creative spirit, I'm pretty sure companies will pay a very high premium to kind of yeah. be able to say, hey, no, we're not using AI. We, we have real artists, right? So that's kind of where I am mm -hmm. at that. Um, you should embrace it as an artist. You should familiarize yourself with it. Um, and prepare for times where you suddenly become very valuable if you know how to bring yeah. that emotional touch into the whole algorithmic scene. 100%. And I was uh, recently, I guess, reading uh, Rick Rubin's book, you know, the, the, the Creative Act. And, you know, I, I would kind of just give him the title of like a dude who has a ton of authority and almost like clout around like what is creativity. and. He, he said he was saying a few interesting things. Um, one of them is that like what makes a good artist is having good taste, 
you know it's like having good taste and being able to appreciate and like know what is good and what is bad is what makes a good artist now the challenging part is to take that person with good taste and give them enough skills whether it be you know make them talented enough to paint or make them talented enough to guitar which can take years and years and years a lot of a lot of people who have good taste never even make it that far and so this almost like is another thing in in the modern world that like levels the playing field in a little bit um for art in general the fact that like all you have to do to become a great just like such as yourself all all you need to get clients to make artwork is just having good taste and knowing what looks good and knowing what doesn't look good and like people will pay a, a premium on that. that that's that's kind of how i see it a little bit we can get into the how to get client parts later if you want because i have <laughs> but with the taste absolutely um and i think we can see this very prominently on display right now because i mean in the current mid-journey models short prompts are being preferred and um i mean you see a lot of great artists share their prompts sometimes i mean sometimes i share prompts they're four or five words long right but if you give this prompt for to a hundred people, not everybody is gonna get like some people will have images where you're like, "Wow, this is amazing," and others don't right I mean taste plays a crucial role right now because I would say a lot of tokens that are being used right now are consistent across a lot of different creators like it's like the 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 part that's really unique to every single person is very slim sometimes. So um, the taste of choosing the right images or, or seeing what the image is that will get a certain reaction, right? that, that's certainly a skill that uh, leverages, yeah. that's being leveraged today. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I kind of love it. Like, I, I kind of love where, like, that's where, like, things are going because it kind of, like, you know, even, even, like, from the face of a consumer, you know, you're going to get, you're just going to get better stuff. Um, like you're just going to, if you go onto Twitter, you're just going to get better content. If you go onto YouTube, you're just going to get better content. Cause it's not just, um, right. It's not just like, this isn't just happening in the AI world. One of the things that I'm like super interested in is um, the voice and how that's having a play in content. Some of the most viral TikToks you see that get 50 million views just use that like masculine sounding AI voice with some text and the dude's just standing there and they do something funny or the dude doesn't even speak English. He's not native at all. And they use that voice to translate what he says in the video to English. So it reaches a bigger audience. And so the person who came to speak English can get 50 million views in, in the U S which is a whole new thing. And if you combine that with, you know, with, with AI art and maybe even like VTubers a little bit, like all you need to have is just good taste and patience. And you can kind of like create incredible things. It's interesting. Yeah, that's a beautiful, I think that's one of those beautiful things about this technology, right? I mean, uh, I know some amazing folks in the community that are phenomenal creators which uh, have blue collar jobs right they've never been creative their whole life That's and wild. now suddenly they have the tools they have the medium that they can bring those uh dreams to reality right so i mean i like this is definitely the side that uh, i prefer to be on i mean 
there are definitely things we need to figure out, right? I mean, regulation, mm. privacy, and so on. Like, I'm not mm. saying there are problems and critical topics that we need to face, but ultimately, I do believe that uh, at the end of the day, we will all benefit from it rather than have a doomsday <laughs> scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because um, if you look back in history, everyone's always thought the world was going to end. This is just kind of like a new flavor of everyone thinking the world's going to end. Um, but you, you did say something earlier that was that was interesting. You said that like traditional art is going to be looked at as gold or like stuff humans make with their hands is going to be looked at as gold. What What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, uh, in general, I think that... AI will have the effect that a lot of the things that we do today gets replaced by AI, right? I mean, uh, a couple of months ago, I was in Twitter space where we talked about when will the first AI-generated song be in the charts, you know, and uh, maybe be on the top of the charts. Um, because ultimately, I think we will get desensitized in the sense that we don't really care if it's AI or not. What matters is, mm -hmm. do we like it or not, you know? And if the track is a banger, why would we care, you know? Like, because it's about the emotions that we feel at the end of the day, right? So if we translate that to all of these other industries, like pretty sure websites, content, uh, will all be AI created and partially if not completely designed by AI because it simply knows how to do it well. Um, but something that I think will never change is brands want to stick out, right? And if every single website or the majority of websites are being generated by AI, it won't take long for brands to be like, okay, wait a second. Um, we want to stick out and we're going to pay a lot of money to uh, the creatives that are still out there doing manual work to make us something unique, something that mm -hmm. is not along the lines of the algorithm, right? Um, yeah, and I think that just will translate itself through all of the different sectors so that at the end of the day, creativity will keep its worth. Can AI create websites today? Well, there's nothing there yet that, I mean, sure. it can, yes, but it's more mean than anything else. Gotcha. So gotcha. Um, I have like, I think next year, like by next year, I would expect that things yeah. like wireframing or basic prototyping will be promptable. Like at least that's my expectancy towards Figma, for example. I just expect that I can yeah. prototype or wireframe. Um, Websites, it's, it's, I mean, you know how fast it's moving, right? Uh, if we say, yeah, two years seriously, now, no, two, two months, yeah. Right? But yeah, as of today, it's more a gimmick than anything else. But that said, um, a gimmicky website made in AI by for nine bucks in five minutes is better There's than having no website. Like, yeah, there's something there, 100%. Yeah. And if you're the local kebab store or uh, the local, uh, I don't know, you know, small business owner who's not yet digitalized their business, mm -hmm. this is something very attractive, right? You just click a button, you get 
basic information on your business and you have a website. That's it. So, um, yeah. So this kind of seems like a perfect segue right into like more about yourself. So you are a product designer. What does that look like? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, basically the last decade, um, my primary career has been in software development um, with, yeah, focus on product design. Um, what that means in a nutshell is that uh, I'm basically responsible for conceptualizing different applications or software, uh, making sure the proper research is done, mm-hmm. making yeah, visual drafts for developers sure. to work on and then uh, bringing that live to users, right? So that's the base of it. Um, nice. I never studied design. I studied business. That means um, I would say I'm a little bit more holistic in the field in, in the sense yeah. that I start a little bit earlier in the process and already get involved with strategy and general growth strategy mm-hmm. in business as well. Which that, um, To me, that's the fun part too. Well, the whole thing is the fun part, right? I mean, uh, I also taught myself how to code to kind of know how it works all, right? Um, Nice. I mean, building products is super exciting uh, once you get into it. Uh, And certainly a great space to be, right? Surrounded by... I I mean, it also comes with the perk of being surrounded by a lot of different disciplines as well, Mm -hmm. right? Which uh, gives you some good insights, uh, into also the technical sides of some things. Oh yeah. So a lot of history in in product design and, and, you know, that, that I think is like one of the, the most, you know, difficult verticals, you know, they say, you know, if you can't do product, you do marketing and I do marketing. And if you can't do marketing, you do, you do sales. And like, I, I've, I used to like enter hackathons when I was in college because I, I was a software engineer that went to marketing and I'm the only software engineer that went to marketing that I've ever met. But, <laughs> um, it, 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 I've so, I have so much respect to you, like conceptualize, like kind of human behavior and like what makes a good decision, what makes something useful, like, like, how does this enhance somebody's life? How does this extend, you know, the human imagination in different ways? Um, I, I, I'm also curious. So what, so wait, I have this context of you're a product designer and now you're super interested and talented in AI art, you know, generative art. Is there any more, like, like what, what context do I need that explains your interest in AI art? Because it's, it's not an average person who isn't really into this stuff who's going to stay up all night and make a viral movie trailer, right? Like, what, <laughs> what, uh, what do I need to know about Nicholas to uh, explain that behavior? Of doing that in parallel or what exactly? Just as a kid, what, what, what makes AI art kind of like 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 what paths makes that makes that exciting to you for, so for me it was like i've always been creative but I, i've never had the time to like refine my skills and avoid such a big imagination but i've never had to refine my skills which kind of allows me to do that well uh, i would say it's quite similar i mean i've also been creative all my life i was fortunate enough to have my parents stick me cameras in my hand very early on right so I've always been around photography and art, um, which certainly probably had its impact on myself. Um, 
but days only have that much hours, right? And um, mm-hmm. if you were if you're full time employed in product design and on the other and have a freelancing business in growth strategy, it's a bit hard to yeah you know make a film studio on top of Imagine. that, right? So. Um, <laughs> yeah. For me, it was the classic path of, okay, I can suddenly do it from home, right? You can generate these images that you've always had and uh, visualize them. Um, so, yeah, basically accessibility simply got to a point where I could put it next to my other to-dos on the day. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean... From there, I scale, right? Uh, you you know the entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, if you see an opportunity, grab it, yeah. right? Take it. Yeah. So um, basically, since the uh, beginning of the year, I haven't really done that freelancing for growth. And I shifted mm-hmm. it towards AI, right? And uh, so mm-hmm. far, it's been the right horse to bet on. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so, we, we, so we've covered like, you know, the path currently the talking about the future i think is a lot of fun because you're probably going to be wrong but there's just like endless conversation you can have <laughs> so with with ai art i i know you said that you imagine it's going to become extremely accessible and, and prompting will be kind of be the same skill as as googling what what are some interesting applications of ai art that 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 excite you in the future like 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 what does this mean for society in a, well in, i think in uh, i mean it'll come in phases right but i think um for creators working in the field it'll slowly creep into our work as simply creative assets generated in ease right i'm talking about brands being able to do their product images right i mean if you look at brands today like 70 80 percent of their creative assets they use are stock material, right? There's yep. only a small selection of actually custom-made content, right? So, I mean, for those sectors, I think they will be impacted first, um, but I think in a good way because you can save those stock subscriptions yeah. and get a little bit more what you want. Um, in the video business side, I think uh, we'll fit, I mean, the whole AI films that are being made today, I still see them as tech demo or a stylistic intent that you want to convey. Mm. Um, however, I do think we'll see it appear in the backgrounds of big media, right? I mean, uh, if you have an action scene, like, do you really look at what on, like, the, the small screen in your movie, what's in the background? Not necessarily, yeah. right? But I mean, uh, today, there are huge agencies that spend a lot of time and money on creating background digital assets, right? So I think those will be able to scale that as well with this tech. Um, so I think those are like feasible um, applications. Um, yeah, but in general, I mean, on the image side, it just, I mean, it's happening. I, I, I don't have doubt in it, but yeah. I mean, it's going to be exciting to see uh, companies scale it for bigger things things right i mean yeah i'm already walking around looking at every ad and being like is that my journey or is it like photo no and, some, and sometimes you spot it sometimes you're like ah there's the missing finger or there's the additional yeah. finger like <laughs> but, but but now like missing fingers like aren't as much as the norm anymore so it's like 
it's almost like the same thing they do. Like if, if you ever go to like a Reddit and you go to r slash blender, right? Yeah. All of the images are trying to be photorealistic. And what they're doing is they're adding imperfections in a way. Yeah. And right now it's almost like too perfect. And it's kind of the opposite of photography where it's like, if, if, uh, you know, if you take, you know, professional photography of a product or whatever, you're going to Photoshop the perfections out. But if you get a 3d render of that same product by the, the best CG artists in the world, they're going to add imperfections to it. Yes. So yes. it's kind of like a, a, a funny, uh, a funny trade-off, but, and I see it all the time, um, especially on Twitter. Like I'll see like some meme account post. I think recently it was um, Rick Ross fighting an alligator, and like Midjourney did a. Did you see that? Uh, I didn't know. Ridiculous, ridiculous. So you know who Rick Ross is. Yeah, I do. Yes. Okay. Okay. So it was Rick <laughs> Ross fighting an alligator, and it was like a blurry photo in like the swamps of Florida, and he's shirtless, just kicking the head in an alligator. <laughs> and it, it like Midjourney did an insanely good job. It fooled everybody. But like, if you look a little closer, he's just like, he's like perfectly smooth. He doesn't have a wrinkle on him, so it's like, oh, that's the dead giveaway. Like you could tell pretty quick. But it, it's wild, like how often you see these like viral posts that are that are from ai and it's only going to get crazier because people aren't like most people aren't that good at deciphering what's what no i mean we just we're seeing it right now right i think there's a deep fake from mr beast going around right now oh really um yeah so i mean uh this is i mean this is uh one of those negative topics you know that we definitely need to get on top of i mean Deep fakes and kind of faking stories is certainly an issue, especially in times where news sources try to be first to get yeah. the highest traffic and the highest clicks. And sometimes reality it, checks are cut a bit, right? Yeah, um, yeah. That's, of <laughs> course, two elements that shouldn't be mixed uh, that quickly, right? But yeah. uh, this is something we'll have to manage. I'm curious how that's going to play out. So. You know, I work in marketing for, you know, for my company and, and, you know, I talk to our PR team, talk to all that and, and being in social media and I, and I used to run a, a you know, a, a large, large TikTok account and I'm sure you're, you're seeing this too. It's really easy, like really easy to make life seem different than what it is, like more for reality. You don't even need to use AI really, but if you just like word things a little differently, you know, like sometimes for like the vlogs I would make. You know, I would take like 40 minutes of footage or something and then cut it down into a 40 second video. And it it made it seem like I had the greatest life of all time. But it's like totally not with reality and like totally fooled everybody. Right. And so and even with the PR function, like most news sources. Like when they talk about like, you know like how good apple is or if they talk about maybe this will happen in dolly when they say dolly is going to be you know kill mid journey i can bet you that you know they're on the you know they're, they're, somebody's on a payroll right like I, I guarantee you you know maybe microsoft is sh- shilling some money to major news horses to like spread different narratives and so there's like so much incentive to like t- like fudge the truth a little bit and a- ai could make this interesting it's going to be absolutely that i mean that that also goes back to why i'm not buying into the dolly hype yet because i mean let's face it 
if you jump onto Dali right now, you get a lot of free followers. You get a lot of traffic. Like this whole narrative of, oh, Dali's catching up to Midjourney. Oh, Midjourney's in trouble. Like, I see so many creators doing it right now. And I think to myself, like, come on. Like, we're going we're gonna to have this the whole time, right? Like, Let's be real. Uh, yeah, yeah. We had Dali be good before mid-journey and then mid-journey did its major updates and it was mid-journey now that is playing catch-up and we will have be sick like sure we can milk it every single time yeah. but i mean yeah the reality is we have uh, two phenomenal great products on the market and they will specialize in two different industries i mean both of them will oh, yeah. find their usp so uh, yeah yeah i mean yeah <laughs> the press likes <laughs> killing a company or killing a business uh, as a headline oh yeah no yeah it's you know it it's it happens all the time it's 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 interesting um do do you follow um like the uh the creator of mid-journey at all you keep up with him yes yes just like knowing him and knowing his backstory like in a weird way and like knowing how he looks at the world and how he's like interested in okay, how can we make AI prompts not use words, um, and 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 stuff like that. Like I, I I'm a much bigger fan of betting on, you know, the jockey rather than the horse. And he he seems like honestly like a, a generational, um, like mind. It's it's kind of it's kind of exciting to like see where where mid journey is going to go. Honestly. Yeah, like uh, definitely. I mean, Midjourney is quite closed, right? I mean, they don't have uh, big creator partner programs, or mm-hmm. they don't have any early access, right? It's a like it's a pretty black box. Even if you're a it big is. creator, like it's it's hard to look behind the curtains. Um, but I mean their walled <laughs> garden approach of not sharing their APIs, or you know controlling their model i do believe it's going to pay off in the end and of course it's gonna you know like we, we see the same thing with apple yeah. and uh, yeah every other platform right there are people that like the walled garden and there are people that laugh about like why would i limit myself right and I yeah think, like midjourney is doing something similar um yeah but if they play their cards right uh they'll certainly shape the industry in their own way right and i mean having visionary people there with their own thoughts and their own visions Mm. can lead to very interesting development yeah yeah well so one thing i'm thinking about a lot today specifically this last few weeks um so my listeners will know this i i'm also really into i guess like the crypto space and kind of like web3 decentralized technologies and whatnot something that's blowing up in the last four days is something called social fi right it you know i i rolled my eyes when i heard that thing too it's like oh like social media in crypto i'm like god like who cares like whatever um but then this this new app was was building on our network called star arena and it's absolutely blowing up essentially what it is is like a mix between um like patreon and and twitter where imagine if you had like a a group message um with all of your like premium followers 
or whatever that they could enter in and enter out kind of like like trade to be in your in your group message i know there's like twitter has subscriptions but like what crypto rails does is it makes it so it's like instead of having to put in your credit card you just like 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 once you join the app you immediately have a wallet and once you start posting you know fees go in it's just it's just faster so it, it works a little more that way um but you know this app's only been around for about a week and so far it's only only just crypto bros which can get pretty annoying um but like people like people are making like insane money quick so i'm i'm really curious to kind of see like if if that has like a a world with um like the ai community because there's like your general twitter feed so if you just post say hey you know i made this image blah 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 if you want to like talk about how i made it you know you can join in my chat which is called the arena like you can join my arena and they can you know pay to be in there talk to you for a bit and then kind of like like dip out and you just get a cut of that trade so it's like it's like you pay to get in and then you get like maybe like 50 cents from them entering and then you get 50 cents from them leaving in a way and over time like if your arena is interesting enough where people want to hop in and hop out like people people have made already it's been a week i think that the top account has made close to like thirty thousand dollars it's kind of nuts but um anyways i i that's just that's just kind of been on my mind um I, i don't know if i gave enough context for any thoughts on that but well i think uh the crypto space can learn something from AI in the sense that its accessibility is still not low enough yet, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, being in tech, of course, I've been observing the crypto space. I own some NFTs now with uh, uh, AI part. There were also some collections which I sold over the blockchain as well. But I mean, like I remember when I sold my first super rare, like just the process of setting it all up, like, yeah, yeah, of course, you can do it, but it's not comparable with typing in a text box in ChatGPT and getting 100%. a solution, right? 100%. And I mean, I definitely think crypto will have its moment. Um, I don't think it's going to be on that low forever. Uh, mm. But I think this accessibility, like AI has proven how important it is for new technology to be easy and accessible for everybody if you wanted to really blow up mainstream, right? Because AI has become mainstream very, very quickly. Like ChatGPTs and so it, many Discord. non-business related uh, mm -hmm. contexts. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, in that sense, I think certainly crypto can learn something. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, and th this app specifically, it did kind of solve that problem. You sign in through your Twitter, and then your wallet is kind of like hashed from your your Twitter login. So it's like you just like use the Twitter API, huh? Is it similar to that Reddit wallet? Because Reddit also yeah, has I, like I never a crypto used wallet. wallet. I bet well, it is. Well, I, well, I have it, and I also have some stuff in there. But it was really like, okay, you have a Reddit account. Do you want a wallet? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, sure, okay, and okay, yeah, um, right. That's yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of, but, but you know, it, and I and I have trouble like shilling it to or like like telling people about like that are that are like non crypto native uh, about it just because the app is still so early and like somewhat broken, um, <laughs> just because it's been yeah, around like like three weeks, so it's you know the product's not there yet. But um, but yeah, I definitely agree. Like yeah, 
onboarding's confusing and crypto just in general is confusing. You know, like 50% of the people that are in the crypto industry don't even understand crypto. So it's, <laughs> it's one of those weird things. And, and, and like AI art, it's so much because you can actually like see it, right? Like you can click something and you see it and that's a feedback loop a baby could understand. But the feedback like loops to understand what crypto is, it's, it's so nonsense. It's, it's so complicated. So yeah, definitely a, a far ways out for sure. It's uh, but you know, it, it excites me. Obviously, it's why I work there. But yeah, <laughs> um, oopsie. So I, I am, I am curious. I, I, I don't know the answer to this question. Is are, are is any of the AI art community like? Do they do they sell stuff using NFTs much? Well. I mean, I've sold NFTs, but I've never sold them myself. But I had people selling them for me. Uh... <laughs> I just, I, like, I mean, uh, there are definitely different programs that basically either host competitions, you know, and then they choose artwork, okay. or you get invited. Uh, which honestly isn't uncomfortable, right? Because I just supply eight pieces of art, and then every That's couple dope. days I see my wallet get money. Right? They do yeah. everything for that, so. That certainly exists, um, and there are also artists that, of course, are betting full on NFT and putting really? it out there, right? Okay. Well, there, there are some that are just minting their work there, and you can buy it. Um, I actually just like recently found out, like you know, Anima and Tales of Us, the DJs, uh-huh. with like they actually sell all of their stage visuals as NFTs. I, I know of, I know I know of a few people that do that, but that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, like I saw it and I was like, oh wow, this is yeah. <laughs> like that's <tempting>. that's clever. <laughs> yeah, because I I know another. There's another artist called Polygon um, who does that as well. Um, yeah, that that's smart. Yeah, that's smart. There's definitely there's definitely a niche for it, but yeah, I'm I'm just I'm I'm just like you know I'm I'm trying to you know get get more into the uh, the AI community just because I feel like there's some synergy in between the two i don't know what it looks like yet um i i feel like you know there's so many ways to you know monetize prompting that i don't know how attractive it is but um yeah there's there's tons of protocols and there's there's one called zero one that's also on our network that's kind of fun it's kind of like a like a like a mm, it's hard to describe so pretty much you sign up to the app and there's just a giant feed of a bunch of art and it's all free Okay, they're all NFTs and they're all free. Most of them are AI art just because they're easy to spin up, right? It's a lot of AI art, all of it's free. But the only way to collect them is if you generate something. So if you create something and put it on that board, so like I'll, I'll put some of my AI art or some of my deform renders um, on there, and then I get 10 tickets. And from those 10 tickets, then I can collect the NFTs all for free. And the scarcity is just kind of built in. And so, like, you'll have some gigantic artists who will, like, you know, throw something in zero one. It'll get, it'll be gone in two seconds. And then, how does the artist, like, what's the incentive for the artist? Well, since, you know, blah, 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 blockchain, um, you know, they can collect residuals each time it's bought and sold uh, in perpetuity. So it's just kind of like incentive to build your brand as an artist. So there's a lot yeah. of volume in between your, in between your trades. Um, but there's a lot of models coming up, and I don't know which one's going to be the most compelling. But uh, I think it's, one it's that a, has, I'm paying attention to. 
I think one that has good chances is like less on the, I would say, purchase and sales side of things, but uh -huh. more on proof of ownership, right? I mean, uh, if you're in the AI community on Twitter, you know how sensitive uh, we are against uh, people not giving credit <laughs> or yeah. you know, taking images. And I mean, in, in theory, it seems simple, right? Every single image that comes out of Midjourney has a unique ID. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, of course, something that uh, can be related to blockchain, right? If just every yeah. single generation uh, gets tagged there, um, it's a very easy way to just secure ownership and making sure yeah. that, okay, this prompt related to this image is belonging to that person, right? So Interesting. I think yeah, like you're absolutely right. There's definitely synergies that these two technologies can find. Um, yeah, yeah. Just a matter of time. That one has me thinking because there are a lot of uh, you know, obviously like everyone's trying something, but yeah, there 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 are some projects that are do, going the authenticity route, but haven't had uh, traction yet. I wonder if they're just marketing it wrong. Um, but uh, anyways. I'm checking the time and it's we're about wrapped up. This is a really, really interesting conversation. Uh, thank you so much, Nicholas. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And Pleasure. I just want to say one thing to the listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. I say this every episode. I don't take it lightly that you spent 57 minutes of your life listening to this podcast. You could be doing anything right now. You could be going to Disney World. You could be going on to twitch tv and watching some counter-strike 2 you could be doing almost anything you could be painting something you'd be painting a beautiful picture a masterpiece but instead you chose to listen to this episode and it means the absolute world for me so as i always say take out your phone give me a five-star review just don't even think twice about it it's what needs to happen don't give me a four-star review don't give me a three-star review don't even think about that don't even consider anything less than that give me a five-star review it's it's just what you got to do so thank you so much, Nicholas. That was another Thank episode you. of Answers to the Universe.